Hello, Superhero Ethics fans. This is Matthew, founder and co-host. And as I've said before, my love for all the things this podcast talks about probably comes originally from Star Wars. And this month, I am super excited because not only have we just a few weeks ago had the release of Disney Plus and all the new Star Wars content and old Star Wars content that that opens up, but in a few weeks, the new movie, Rise of Skywalker, which will end the original full saga of movies, is coming out. And so in honor of that, we're going a little bit Star Wars crazy. I've been attempting to start a new podcast called the Star Wars Universe Podcast. And looking at how that's doing, that may continue, or it may be that as I'm finding, because so many of those issues we're talking about are so related to what we talk about here on, Star on the Superhero Ethics Podcast, they may all just get wrapped in together. I recorded a great episode with our friend Jonah Kelman on the ethics of the clones and all the questions that come up uh, around clone soldiers and the Jedi. And unfortunately, we're having some technical difficulties with that, so it may be a little longer before we get that one launched. So I wanted to share with you one of the episodes of the Star Wars Universe podcast that I've put up, which I think is going to be relevant to a lot of you all here. For it, we're bringing Paul Hoppy, the original co-host of this podcast, back to talk about all the different Star Wars movies and media and how we rank them, both in terms of what we enjoy most, what we love, and which ones raise the questions that we like here on Superhero Ethics. So with that, please enjoy this. Um, know that Becky Allen is going to be recording with us very soon to talk about the upcoming movie and our hopes and expectations for that. We have, we'll get that episode about the clones up pretty soon. We have a lot of great Star Wars content coming to you in the next couple of weeks. And then we have all sorts of other great things coming in the new year. So thank you very much. Enjoy. I have spoken. Welcome, everyone, to this first episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Um, I'm Matthew Westfox. I'm one of your hosts. For anyone who knows me from the Superhero Ethics podcast, uh, welcome. Thank you for coming over and uh, checking this out. And if you have gone back into the history of superhero ethics or been a, a fan of us for a long time, you probably remember our original co-host, Paul Hoppy. Uh, Paul is someone I've been best friends with for uh, many more years than probably either one of us want to admit because we're still young people. Um, but some of our first, first conversations were about Star Wars and about uh, questions about Star Wars and whether Luke or Darth Vader was the protagonist and, and all sorts of great things. So I'm super excited that uh, my first co-host is uh, Paul. Paul, how are we doing today? We're doing good. It's uh, it's early, way earlier yep. than uh, well than I'm used to being awake. I think this is more <laughs> your domain. This is also true of time, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back to a lot of really really old movies and some pretty recent ones. Yeah, so. sounds good. So let's just start with the basic though. What what do you love about Star Wars? What uh, I'm asking this both because I think it's it's just kind of a nice way to start and be grounded. But also because it helps inform, like, what's the rubric you're bringing when trying to decide? Oh, I should actually introduce our topic for today. As a way of getting started, um, I hope you can tell all folks that we are off to a good start, and this is going to be a well-organized, disciplined podcast. Very, very um, disciplined. But no, there's a meme that's been going around of having people list all of their, um, all of these Star Wars movies and sometimes all the Star Wars properties, including t like movies and TV shows, from best to worst. Excuse me. Um, and so. 
as a, as a way to get started with this pot with this new podcast, which is going to in time cover the new movies when they come out, uh, the new TV show like The Mandalorian. We're going to look back at some of the great TV shows like um, The Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, I have people getting lined up that we're actually going to do a rewatch of all of the movies to get ready for uh, the last one, number nine, um, the um, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but I, I love the idea that for this first podcast, we'd kick things off um, by literally just going over that list of, of, from Paul and I, what are our favorite Star Wars movies, what are our least favorite, and why. Because it's a great way to kind of ground this whole discussion of the Star Wars universe, what do we love, what do we wish was better, uh, and how do we look at it all. So with that in mind, Paul, what's, what, what do you love about Star, Trek, uh, about Star Wars? What, <laughs> what, what brings you to all this? Well, uh, I probably should have mentioned this before agreeing to do the podcast, but um, I don't really love Star Wars anymore. <laughs> um, okay. In in fact, the, it 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 um it vexes me in some ways. At the same time, um, it's provided some of my earliest best movie memories, and more recently, also there's there's things that I've that I have loved within the the Star Wars universe and um, content that I've really enjoyed. In, in ways that maybe I didn't even really um, love about the the original films or then the uh, the other ones which we'll we'll get to <laughs> um, but we're, I, we're gonna go from least favorite to best so yeah. I think the prequels will be talked about pretty early <laughs> yes yeah, spoiler alert um, <laughs> I don't like sand either but uh, <laughs> what I hate more than sand is is terrible dialogue so um, I think the, you know, the the mythology, the the depth of the world, or the breadth of the world, really. Yeah. And, um, you know, just the fact that I I think it's a, uh, it it blends sort of you know popcorn action with, um, you know, a certain degree of of philosophical inquiry that at least. L- provides the viewer an opportunity to, to think about a lot of different things. No, I, I think I'm very much on the same page. Um, I'm someone who... I, there are most movies I can tell you the first time I saw it. I cannot remember the first time I saw Star Wars mm. because I was one of those kids who... <clears throat> my parents had a Betamax, which were um, <laughs> the, the precursors to VHS machines. And my mother told me that, you know, um, often if she needed me to, like, just, you know, not bother her for an hour or two so she could do other stuff in the house um, or the like, she would just put the Star Wars movie in the Betamax. Um, I have vague memories of this, but mm-hmm. not, and I certainly can't remember the first time I saw it. I can't even remember the first time I saw Empire. The first one I really remember seeing for the first time is Return of the Jedi. Um, so these movies have been kind of with me since my earliest childhood. And I think like you, I've had quite an evolution with them. I'm, I'm still very much a fan. I'm still someone who loves them dearly. But I've certainly gone through some some high points and and some real low points in the in the prequels and 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 had my feelings really changed and evolved on them in a lot of ways, um, especially as some other pro you know one new property will come out that kind of puts everything else into a, a new light. Uh, one thing we'll talk about a bit, for example, is the the TV show The Clone Wars, which I think is one of the better parts of the Star Wars universe that doesn't get talked about often, and and makes the prequels make a lot more sense to me in some ways. Mm. Um, though still. Very, very bad dialogue, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, 
So, so with that, let, let's kind of kick things off and go. Um, what is the the worst movie on your list? What is what is the the or the worst movie TV show? The what is the bottom of your list? I mean, Attack of the Clones. It just it yeah. just has to be. It's it's got it's the worst of the prequel trilogy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's sort of like the Matrix Reloaded in some ways, where it maybe has more of the good stuff from the first one, and by the first one I mean the Phantom Menace. But right. it's also got way more of the bad stuff, and the just Anakin as a young adult just doesn't work for me, and the dialogue's just so bad, and it, it just you, it just you mentioned hurts me. the like, I don't like Sandland yeah. line, and that's unfor- I think that is universally held as probably the worst, but there's a number that are pretty darn close. Yeah, yeah, it's not like an outlier. It's just the worst of the worst amongst a lot of really bad dialogue. Yeah. Um it it is it is also very low on my list. There's a couple of others that are lower on my list, but I but I, I which I'll get to in a second, but I will say I I'm pretty close with you. Um especially because for me the heart and soul of these movies is the stories that it tells about what it means to, you know, fall from grace to what it means to try and be a good person and to let yourself be taken over by by negative emotions and however you phrase that or feel that the but i i've always really been struck by the whole yoda idea of you know you can start out hating things for the very best of reasons you can start out being afraid for the very best of reasons and that will eventually you know lead you down a dark path and the movies had done so much to build that up that i felt like getting to see in some ways, these are kind of a good example of why I don't like prequels in general, mm, because yeah. from Empire and Return of the Jedi and even Star Wars, we had been allowed to have our imagination sort of fill in the gaps of what Obi-Wan and Yoda told us of what happened to Anakin as he became Darth Vader. Right. And on some level, I feel like no movie was ever going to do a good job coming close to what you know our imagination had been able to sketch out. Yeah. But because of that, that was the bar this movie had to hit, and it failed it dramatically. Yeah, um, it, it was a very high bar, and to achieve it in one movie, really, I mean, they had three movies to do it, so there's yeah. a little bit more, you know, okay, maybe maybe you could pull it off. But um, as we'll get to the get to later, I think a um, if you have a lot more time to tell a story, you can tell a much more compelling version of that story. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think we're both going to be talking there about the Clone Wars TV show, which I think does a much better job, frankly, of showing over many seasons of television right. the slow decline. Yeah, um, absolutely. Of, of Attack of the Clones. So my worst movie, and I will say, I my list is probably longer than yours because yeah. I have um, <laughs> Attack of the Clones is the second second to second to last yeah. of the like more officially known movies. Right. But then after Attack of the Clones, uh, that that's number eleven on my list. I then have going down. Um, Ewoks the Battle for Endor, the Ewok Adventure, the Star Wars Christmas Special. Um, then I think the next worst is a home movie I made when I was eight, uh, <laughs> other home movies. And then I list an hour of uh, George Lucas watching paint dry, all of which I think are better than my least favorite, Solo. Um, I I very vi- rarely have this much virulent hate for a movie, but that's how I feel about Solo. It just – it. I, I thought the acting and dialogue were awful. I thought Danny Glover, or Donald Glover as um, Lando. Uh, Lando was far and away the best part of the movie, and I was sorry that he was so wasted in this movie. Um, but I think more than anything, it was just that it didn't feel like it, – it's not just that it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. 
nothing about that actor made me think of Han. Right. And again, in the same kind of prequel thing, I mean, it's one thing to say, here's how all of the, you know, here's how this major, major plot point became what it is. And that's, that's not something I love, but at least it's something I kind of care about. Mm-hmm. What I really don't care about is here's how your favorite character got this particular character tick, or here's how your favorite character got this piece of clothing or this thing that he you know keeps mm. on the dashboard of a spaceship, like right. all that. Um, as well as the fact that it just didn't fit my understanding of the of the canon of the Star Wars universe. So mm-hmm. um, I, I know you see it differently, but for me, Solo is very much the worst uh, Star Wars property that's ever been put out. So. Where does Han Solo rank in your sort of, um, like, the character, primarily from the original movies, but also, I guess, from the the current trilogy, uh, right. with amongst the collection of Star Wars characters? He's one of my absolute favorites. Right. I would say, I think, I, I think you know, this was something you helped me understand 20 years ago, um, but I do think that the, 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 the pivotal character, at least of the first six movies, is Anakin, mm-hmm. not Luke. Right. And and frankly, until Last Jedi, I would have said that Luke was not my favorite character. Like I think he goes mm-hmm. through some interesting and I adore what he does in Last Jedi. But he was he was he was a I think Han was definitely a more interesting character to me than than Luke. Um he's probably in my top three. I would say Anakin, Leia, and Luke are my um but, but that, you know, it's so hard because all you know, Obi Wan and Yoda play much smaller roles, but their characters are so interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, but I'd say he's he's definitely a character I'm very fond of and 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 find very relatable. Right, and so um, he was never a character that held any particular significance to me. Mm, you know, I, I mean, can see I, that. I've I've I liked kind of his character arc. You know, and and he had some, right. some of the best lines in the the original um, trilogy. Maybe maybe the best line. Um, mm-hmm. I love you. I know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you know. Um, I'd say that his sort of backstory, like when I heard they were making a solo movie, I was kind of like, why? You know? (laughs) But I saw it and I was like, I didn't love the beginning of it, but there were points where it it drew me in and there were parts about it that I really liked, um, particularly um, Lando. You know, I I thought Glover did an outstanding job of that. Totally agree with you there. Uh, I mean, for me, that was the best part of the movie. I also liked uh, the droid, and you know, and it kind of gives, I guess, more significance to the Millennium Falcon as the mm-hmm. series goes on, or, or earlier, like things that happen after that, um, because now it's. I mean, there was always this sort of feeling that it was not like it was a sentient ship, but like it was a character. Yeah, you know, um, and that you know, the Solo kind of gives the ship a backstory of actually, you know, having part of a person in it, you know? Right. Um, I mean, depending on how you look at droids, but that that's how I see droids. Um, and so I, I thought that it was interesting in that regard. I didn't dislike the performances the way you did. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a great movie or anything, but yeah. um, I definitely liked it a lot more than I expected to, and I think that's because my expectations were just so low <laughs> that <clears throat> that wasn't even a, a pun I, I think that's fair. I, I, mean, I, I think I said to someone that if I had gone into that movie planning to watch a space heist movie yeah. that wasn't set in any particular universe and didn't have any characters I cared about, 
or even maybe it was like Rogue One. It was about characters I'd never met, but in that same universe, I think I would have liked it more. I right. think so much of it was about for me that it, 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 you know, at least Attack of the Clones, you know, it Attack of the Clones is correct about where Anakin starts and where Anakin ends. Right. It just does a terrible job of showing that journey. Yeah. This movie felt wrong to me about mm. – in part because part of what I like so much about Han in that first in that first movie, A New Hope, is that he is just a guy who is beaten down by the world right. and only out for himself. And that to me – and so his, his turn to come and rescue Luke and help blow up the Death Star has so much power. Mm-hmm. For me, when you make it just a – he actually was a total idealist and he really cared about things, but he got his heart broken. It, it, it makes his turn in New Hope have so much less meaning to me. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like this gets Han to where he needs to be by a New Hope. But, yeah. go ahead. But, oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I can well understand why for you, if, if, especially if Han wasn't one you cared about as much going in, th- this could be a much different movie experience for you. Yeah, and it it was because, you know, he was never my favorite character, so going back and doing a backstory for him didn't have any real risk for me the same way it does um like with Anakin and then doing right. a future story for him and for Luke and for Leia. Um some things that I liked about it was just that it felt very removed from the rest of the series. Um mm-hmm. that it was in the same universe and kind of helped flesh that out, but, you know, didn't have anything to do with Jedi, really. And, yeah. um, and I, I sort of see Han a little differently, where I, I feel like in the first movie, he was always that guy who was gonna come back for mm. a friend, you know? Right. Um, I mean, he's, he had a really good friend at that point in time that was Chewie, right? Right. Um, so it's like, I feel like he was kind of always that guy, you know, like the, the outlaw Josie Wales kind of... You know, I haven't actually seen that movie. I'm just, <laughs> just, just quoting the rounders. rounders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Well, and that actually raises a really good question, which we can get into maybe when I do the rewatch of A New Hope, is mm-hmm. does Han turn around because he decides fighting the Empire is worth it? Or does Han turn around because Luke and Leia have become to him people like Chewie and he, right. and he turns around to rescue his friends? Yeah. I, th- I think that's a good question. Or, you know, does he want the reward money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the, and the pretty princess, you know? Right, right. And I, I mean, I think the answer can be, like, all of the above, you know? Right. Um, but I feel like it's a little bit more because of his friends, you know? Like, because they've become friends. Like, he's bonded yeah. with them over this, you know, pretty uh, harrowing experience escaping the Death Star. And he's like, all right, all right, I'm going back. Yeah. I'm going back, that's fair. That, you know? That's definitely a good, good, good view on it. So I, I know I may have included a couple of other things on my list. That so yeah, I me, don't have any of those on my list. They'd probably yeah. <laughs> be above Attack of the Clones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the the ones that I have uh, above Attack of the I'm trying or to think if I have below. anything. I don't know. I I I don't think I've seen your uh, your home movie. But <laughs> no, no, very few people have, and that that's for the best. Um, I'm, just, I'm pretty sure I'd love to. But. Yeah, I, I did uh, – most of them I put below Attack of the Clones. The, 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 the Star Wars Christmas special is a very particular kind of masochism. Right, um, right. I, I find a little bit of joy in it, but it's horribly painful. Um, I would say the Star Wars episode of The Muppet Show I have is the next one above Attack of the Clones. Um, but that's also okay. perhaps not universally accepted as, as legitimate canon. Right. Um, but so what's, what, what, what's your next one after um, – Attack of the Clones, and what number are you on? Just so we're kind of tracking. So I've got 11. I actually have 12 um, 
12 entry or 11 entries with 12 works of fiction and right. I'll explain why later. Okay. Um, so 11 is Tack of the Clones, 10 is Phantom Menace and 9 is Revenge of the Sith. So I I have those three just all at the bottom. Okay. Um, and I guess Revenge of the Sith I think is the least bad out of those because even though I feel like it does a terrible job of getting from point like Y to Z. Right. Um, it has, there's just like some cool stuff in it, you know, um, that I feel is mostly missing from Phantom Menace. Um, yeah. So it it just, I feel like there's more good stuff in it. Um, Darth Vader yelling out, no, (laughs) like like (laughs) that really kind of just, I, I just think the, the movie just needs to stop just before that. But, (laughs) Um, well, so let's let's let me back up a second though. Yeah. So, so number ten on your list is Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Yeah. Uh, so why why is that one there? It it, it just you know it, back when it came out, I was like, oh wow, a new Star Wars movie. You know, this is yeah. this is amazing. And like there was a level of expectation for it, you know. And then I went and I saw it, and it it took like a little bit to be like, hmm, hmm. Oh, oh no. Oh no, this, <laughs> this isn't good, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, Natalie Portman was one of my favorite actresses, you know? Um, and, like, she just had nothing to work with there. I think the choice of having, you know, the, this story with, like, this really super young, you know, Anakin... Like, I kind of wish, like, he'd started as a teenager or something, mm-hmm. or, like, the whole midi-chlorian thing, like, the the pod racing or whatever it was, like, just felt like, what is this movie? And then, yeah. I mean, Jar Jar, you know. <laughs> I was going to wait, wondering how long we'd get to, 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 to yeah. Mr. Banks, but yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I have Phantom Menace a little bit higher, mm-hmm. but I definitely agree with you. It is, it is to me, it, especially because you're right, it was so disappointing. Yeah. I really expected a much... You know, and partly is that because I was just so built up, we'd had, you know, in the last five or eight years or so, we've gotten used to fairly regular Star Wars content. It had been, what, I think 18 years, 15 years since between Return of the Jedi and um, Phantom Menace with with very little coming out. Um, Yeah, I think 16 maybe. Yeah. And so there was all that build up. And I agree with you. Yeah, the midichlorians. um, I I was commenting with someone else who, who pointed out, you know, listen, you have to understand that you have to forgive Phantom Menace because Phantom Menace was made to be a, a really like a younger kids movie. And to me, that's the fundamental flaw of it. Um, Star Wars, as I just mentioned, like I was two years old and I could adore Star Wars, <clears throat> but it wasn't dumbed down for kids in the way that I felt Phantom Menace. Lucas felt that he mm-hmm. had to kind of like really reach down to younger right. kids and like throw in Jar Jar Binks and make things kind of cutesy and fun in a way that just felt so – especially because I, I think – and we'll get to this when we talk about Clone Wars and The Last Jedi. To me, by far, one of the most interesting stories is the decline and fall of the Jedi. Um, and, yeah, and I think uh, – I thought Phantom Menace they, – they give some hints of that yeah. in interesting ways. It but again, be. I think they did it in <laughs> such weak ways. Um and and kind of like what we talked about with Solo, I just felt like there were so many story beats that didn't get paid off. You know, in, in the original movies, Obi-Wan deciding to take on Anakin is taken on as this, like, he sees potential in him and the council doesn't and he really believes it. 
And so to have it just be a promise to a different Jedi Master, th- there were just a lot of moments like that that just felt wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't jibe with the what we learned in the original uh, series, basically. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I I have Phantom Menace as, as quite low, but I actually have just below it. My number ten is the Clone Wars the movie. Oh, okay. Um, again, there it just sounded like it. And, it, and it's it's funny because. When I watch the Clone Wars TV show, it gives me so much more affection for some of the characters yeah. and the way it's presented and the world it creates. And I think, oh yeah, maybe Clone Wars the movie isn't so bad. And I go back and watch it. I'm like, no, it's still a really bad movie. Yeah, the animated oh. movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the Clone Wars animated movie. Yeah, um, so that's that's eighth on my list. That's like okay. the lowest out of aside from the prequel trilogy. Um, I don't really remember it that well. I think I watched it twice, but like, I, yeah. I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. I was just kind of like, okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it was, it just, it didn't, it didn't do much for me. It's kind of like the plot sort of like, okay, you know, um, it, it was like a weird, if I feel like it was a weird publicity stunt to get people to watch the Clone Wars TV show or, or something, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, it's just, amazing that they made this feature film that was so inferior to this series that you could take like three episodes out of five episodes out of and have like a way better movie you know very true and also i mean and also introducing characters like general grievous who become interesting in the show but the movie so it sounds like you and i are are, we have slightly different orders but our eight through ten is pretty similar because so if i understand your your eight through ten is starting from eight it's uh, Clone Wars, and then Revenge of the Sith, and then Phantom Menace. For me, my number eight is Revenge of the Sith, my number nine is Phantom Menace, and my number ten is Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, so you just and, have Clone Wars two spots lower than I do, which, like, I can't argue with that. I mean, Yeah, you know. exactly. And yeah. and I do think, if I hadn't watched Clone Wars the TV show, um, Revenge of the Sith and Phantom Menace would be even lower for me. Right. Because um, I do think um, Revenge of the Sith, I think you're right, it... it it doesn't pay off the things because they've been so badly set up in Attack of the Clones. And frankly, the you know the one pivotal scene that the prequels most needed to do is the scene where Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Right. And it was garbage. Yeah. You know, it was just so badly done. Yeah. Um, do you, but do you I thought, mean where he physically gets turned into Darth Vader? You mean where he turns and... Um, yeah, no, because not, not when he, be, he adds all the electronic stuff. Right. Right. When he intervenes, kill, helps the when emperor like, kill yeah. Mace Windu, yeah. and then goes to his knees, and the emperor says, um, "You know, now become Darth Vader." Right? Um, yeah, I, I it, agree. That's the more it, grievous, scene. yeah, egregious. It, but, yeah. it it does have you know the emperor saying "rise" in a voice so low that I think like you know it it, it can be rise. heard in yeah, great it's... depths under the sea. <laughs> um, that moment's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's the best part of the movie, but like. <laughs> the setup just doesn't that that's like i could argue for putting revenge of the sith like worst because that should be like the moment in the entire series you know um well i mean there's a couple moments but that that moment should be equal to you know luke laying down his lightsaber in return of the jedi yeah you know in terms of payoff and it just it just isn't and I will say, though, that the the thing that rescues it for me is that another moment that should have incredible emotional resonance, um, Order 66, is still not as good as I would want it to be mm. and is much more it, – it's much more direct than I wanted it to be. Right. But 
but it does have a lot more power. You know, yeah, I, I definitely teared up the first time I watched Order 6 carried out, um, and especially when Anakin goes to the younglings. Um, yeah. I thought at least that scene, it captures a lot of the power and the importance of that moment, even though some parts of it are pretty bad. Right. And it, like, doesn't really make sense because, like, the Jedi can read minds. And, like, could they really conceal a plan this way? But, but you know, it, it has an emotional resonance that the the other scene does not. Right. It, it lets us, though, bring up, I think, one more and, – and this is kind of a complaint about Attack of the uh, – Revenge of the Sith. But really it's a complaint about all of the prequels and why I think for both of us they're all so low. The world of the prequels here doesn't match the canon because right. – and you and I know, I know I've talked about this. One of the things that's established early on in A New Hope is that, you know, Vader and Obi Wan are these last vestiges of a, you know, it's referred to by an uh, imperial officer as a dying, you know, a, a long dead religion or a mm-hmm. dying religion. And the idea is kind of like, you know, no one's seen or heard from the Jedi in hundreds of years and right. it's totally forgotten and most people aren't even sure that it exists. Whereas, by the prequels, like most of those officers serving at the top level of the Death Star would probably have been low-level officers fighting alongside the Jedi. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, or fighting against them yeah. if they were separatists. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. The, the, time, the timeline doesn't work. And they could have made it work by just having none of the same characters from the prequel trilogy to the current – I mean from the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy aside from um, Vader – the Emperor, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, Yoda, who all could be, like, hundreds of years old, because why not? Because Jedi and, like, who knows, right. right? And then, you know, then you've got the issue of, well, how would Vader be, like, this? these, like, 20-whatever-ish, you know, Luke and Leia's father? But, like, you know, Padme could have been, like, in Carbonite, or they could have been in Carbonite, or whatever, or because of travel and space, maybe time, you know, they were... yeah relativity blah 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 i don't know but like the point is is you could have actually made it so it felt like you know like um like in the last airbender where ang's frozen for a hundred years and then he comes back he's like i don't recognize this world it's not like he was asleep in a coma for like 20 years and wakes up it was just like things don't change in 20 years the way they change in a century right yeah Or, or even if you don't go that far um you can um you know, it could just be that, like, look, the last heyday of the Jedi was 500 years ago, and just a few tired people were barely keeping it alive, right. you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Yoda. You know, there's so yeah. many ways it could have been done. That's true. This way, it, it just and, – and to me, that's always the most important part of a prequel mm-hmm. is if a prequel means that later – or even the flashback scene, yeah. if it means that something else you've already told me about the current world doesn't make sense, like – that's not an acceptable bar. Right. You've done exactly the opposite of what you should be doing with the prequel. Right. Um, so let's go on to at least uh, – because my next one is one that I'm actually pretty fond of even though it's it's lower down on my list. Um, my number seven is the Clone Wars TV show. Oh, um, okay. And I, I, I'll admit this is one of those where um, I didn't want to watch it for a long time and yeah. you kept pushing me to watch it. Um, and I just think it is such fascinating storytelling because – Kind of what you did, what you said about Solo, about how it kind of fills in some of the gaps of what's happening, you know, what's happening in the trenches. Yeah. Clone Wars does so much of that. It tells the stories of clone soldiers and what's happening with them and and clones who decide maybe they don't want to be soldiers. We get whole planets of people who don't want to be 
part of either the Republic or the separatists and, and particularly either the Empire or the Rebellion later. They just want to be left alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, you got me into it. So what for you? Were you what 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 are things things you love about the Clone Wars or don't like about it? Um, so it's it's number three on my list actually. Um, nice, nice. It's you know it's the actual nuanced story of how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader basically without the yeah. final you know how he how he gets across that line. But you can just see him taking step after step after step and how some of it's him. Some of it's kind of how he always was, his mentality, and how he's drawn in that direction. And then some of it's um, how circumstance pushes him that way. Some of it's how, you know, the Emperor, how Sidious manipulates him in that way. And some of it's how, you know, the failures of the Jedi and the Republic push him in that direction. Because the Jedi really, in that series, have a lot of failings. And... um, you know, you can you see a lot more of sort of the Jedi kind of at their height, but also at their nadir in some ways. You know, um, very much. Yeah. I'll get more into this when we get to to the last Jedi because it's a point that I think is really um, punctuated in that movie. But one of the things that I've always been found to me the the take that the Clone Wars gives us on the Jedi is of a, a dying religion. Yeah. Um, especially because one, you know, I, I, one of my academic backgrounds is in sociology of religion, and and one thing we often talk about is, you know, if, if the idea is that a religion is born around a some kind of article of faith, and you can argue whether that there's any reality to it or not, but whatever it is, it's it is a belief in something greater, and then over time, institutions and authorities get built up to help people worship that something greater. Mm-hmm. But that often, what often happens is that eventually over time, the worship becomes about the institutions and the authorities and not the thing that it's supposed to be pointing to. Right. Um, and to me, that's exactly what happens with the clone with the Jedi and Clone Wars tells that story so well by both sort of showing how the Jedi are, are be kind of coming lost on their own authority and lost in the idea of like they're at that point where they're so convinced that they're right that people who doubt them must be wrong. Right. Um, as well as introducing us to force users on on both the you know so the light side and the dark side and and breaking that whole binary yeah. who want nothing to do with either the Jedi or the Sith. Right. Right. There's like these other you know dark side force users who are not Sith and right. there's these other you know light side or just kind of just use the force and like don't think of it in that that binary think of it yeah. it, it is what it is and and they just sense it and feel it and, and use it um and it just the series just adds so much depth and and world building, um, and I, I I do I like that take you know as far as um, Jediism as a religion you know um, right. and that that basically turns into you know kind of like the Knights Templar or something or like you know yeah. I mean you can or most churches today sure know? yeah yeah um, I mean I only say Knights Templar because they they got swords and they go around killing people Uh, (laughs) but but like in in terms of you know spreading their doctrine and and i mean churches have have done that in other ways throughout history right um especially when they get um linked up with the state and and armies and which uh, the, the jedi and the republic very much are exactly it's like you you can't really separate the jedi from the republic it's all kind of one one big thing and and the clone wars gets into some of 
you know, some of the interactions between that, like who's in charge, like all these Jedi are generals in, you know, the, the Republican army. Right. Right. Um, which is a really weird dynamic when you think about what the Jedi say they are, you yeah. know, like the keepers of peace. Right. In the galaxy. Right. It's like, well, then why do you go around with a sword all the time? And, um, that's one of the things that I guess, um, where I sort of kind of lost some of my, I, I kind of lost and gained appreciation for Star Wars um, mm-hmm. beca- because of that idea, because I feel like that is present there and it can be appreciated and that, that makes me like Star Wars more. Um, right. But on the other hand, I feel like it's not it's not pointed to directly and it's kind of unclear whether the creators of the movies um, kind of like want it to be that um and this this will kind of run into my number seven in a moment um where you know i I feel like you can look at it and be like you know the the jedi are this you know it's it's this dying religion and and they're kind of this this corrupt body with the the republic but then it's also like but they're the good guys you know and um so I so I just go into like what my num- number seven was was the last Jedi which mm-hmm. you know I I kind of hated it and kind of wanted to put it last but at the same time there's stuff in it that's really good and it brings up a lot of really interesting things also the prequel trilogy and the animated Clone Wars movie are just so bad that they they just right. kinda, yeah, <laughs> you know yes. um, but you know the the last Jedi I feel like is is about like who the Jedi are, right? Right. And who they're going to be or if they're not going to be anymore. And um, to me, one of the things that I least liked about it was I think at the end of it, like raise a Jedi, but like, I kind of don't want her to be like, I, I want Luke to, to burn all that. Like be like, you know what? The Jedi were wrong or where they ended up was wrong and like be you like feel the force be yourself understand i mean because like luke like his father was very in touch with the light and dark sides of the force you know i mean he he was you know the a new hope like he and and um in the original trilogy like he really does i think symbolize hope ultimately but right. he has that darkness in him the the way like really like everyone does right i mean yeah. it's, it's just being human or being a person cuz you know human isn't um isn't broad enough especially in star yeah. wars right but um but and ray has that like a lot you know yeah um like she's she's got darkness all up in her and that's one of the things that i think is so interesting about her as a character and i think that's one of the best things about you know, the new series. Um, and I just wish that they'd kind of lean into that a little bit more and not, um, not kind of be like, but actually she's going to be a Jedi and they're going to save all these books and like, it'll go on. And, and it's kind of like, maybe it's time for a new thing. And instead yeah. of like, cause, cause like the last Jedi, basically like the point is kind of like, you know, Luke defeated, Vader by turning him back into Anakin and thus defeated the Empire or they did together, you know, however you want to say it. 
And then he's like, I'm going to go and start a Jedi school. And that's what, like, the original post-quel novels or sequel? I think the word sequel. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, post-quel. But, yeah, but, the, like, the, the novels, right, that then are, like, retroactively, like, not canon or whatever. Um, but, like, the, the moral of the story, to me, should be, like, you know, it, digging up the past isn't the way to go. It's, like, find a new way forward, start something new. Like, you can learn lessons from the past and you can use some of the knowledge and wisdom but you know it it seems to me like ray would be such a good starting point to something new as opposed to you know being like well now resurrecting you know the jedi well and and so i'll say this is a big part of when i realized how much you and i differed on on last jedi because that movie is much higher in my list but the reasons why i was really excited to talk to you about it because i think I think The Last Jedi is a fantastic movie, but a, a very controversial one. I think there's very good, I think there's very legitimate reasons why people would not like it, and you've just spelled out some of them. The problem was the meta narrative around that movie became there's also a huge number of people who don't like it because they're sexist, racist garbage to right. some extent. Like, you know, the people who didn't want Ray because, or they, you know, they didn't want, uh, the, the Asian character, the right. black character to be important. Like, and I, I'm obviously, the people who are that extreme are obviously a, a small minority. But certainly there's an awful lot of the, the attacks on Last Jedi that were coming from pretty bad places. Yeah. Which I think made those of us who love the movie kind of start dismissing any critique mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're raising some really good ones. I think, um, first, just on this religion point, I, I'm very much with you. I think I didn't see the ending. I, the ending sort of made me worried, but I didn't mm-hmm. see the ending quite as badly as you did. Um, although the new movie being called Rise of Skywalker <laughs> makes me feel like that the, the person who made this movie wanted to leave it open, and now, right. unfortunately, they're taking the wrong lesson. Yeah, yeah. With, um, but because, yeah, t- to me... The, the central story of that movie is that the mistake Luke makes is in trying to rebuild the authority of the Jedi and and coming to realize, like, you can be a devotee of the Force, even the good side of the Force or, or some medium version of the Force, without the Jedi at all. Right. You know, and exactly yeah. what you're saying. And, and to me, I like the idea that at the end of it, you know, uh, Luke is really saying, I am the last of the Jedi. And... Both you and Kylo Ren are something, you know, some kind. Because mm-hmm. Kylo Ren also is he's very distinctly. No, he's not yeah, a Sith. Yeah. And I think, I think he's much more. You know, he's not a good guy by any means. No. And I, I'm not one of those who's sympathetic to him. And I really don't want to see a Kylo Ray love story. Um, but, but yeah, I guess to me, part of what I loved about the Last Jedi is is that it raised those questions. Is that it? It really dove into you know just how broken were the Jedi. Um, Especially because, and I, and this is going back a bit to our discussion of the Clone Wars, but I think you make a good point. One of the things that I think I like so much about the Clone Wars and I feel has paid off in Last Jedi is kind of the story that Anakin is the micro version and the Jedi themselves are the macro version mm-hmm. of the same story. Yeah. Because in the same way that, like, it's nice to think that, like, Luke, Darth Vader just killed Anakin. It's actually that, like, Anakin fell and destroyed himself. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of the Jedi were destroyed by the Sith, it's that the Jedi fell and destroyed themselves, largely. Yeah. Um, but I will agree with you that the Anakin story is set up in the original movies. That reading of the Jedi, to my, I'm going to rewatch and look really closely, that reading of the Jedi isn't from the original movies. Um, 
I think it's a really good take on it and one I really appreciate. But I can also understand someone saying, like, eh, but that's not how the Jedi are. That's not what the story of the fall of the Jedi is supposed to be. Right. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that's that's interesting. I, I haven't really... I haven't watched the original movies since I've seen The Last Jedi, or for that matter, I think, since I've seen The Force Awakens. So um, I can't really... I think that would be interesting to watch and sort of think about, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that, like, I I didn't see The Last Jedi in the theater. I contemplated not seeing it at all. Um, yeah. Partially because I just knew what was going to happen, right? right? Like, I just, I knew that The Last Jedi, before they even had a name for it, I just knew it's like, oh, episode eight's like when Luke's going to die, right? Like, because yeah. it's just like, that's the way the arc goes and that's just not a story i'm interested in um yeah and that aspect of it like i actually they did it in a way that i didn't dislike with the intensity that i thought i would um but this like this goes to like things like um uh, Arrested Development season four when Netflix bought it and I was like excited oh they're making another season of Arrested Development it it wasn't like the first three seasons like when they made a Jason Bourne movie called Jason Bourne like after years after the third mm-hmm. movie and whenever I feel like whenever this happens whenever a piece of fiction is kind of like on the shelf for a while and then they come back years later and pick up and try to kind of like pick up where they would be years later. I I haven't I can't remember seeing it done well or done in a way that that like it was a story I wanted to see. Like if if you're going to show like what happens to Luke after the you know Return of the Jedi, like I'm much more interested in like the actual training of all the different you know, apprentices or whatever, or Padawans, and, and how that goes. How how did, you know, Kylo end up where he ended up? Like, them picking it up where they picked it up, to me, was just very unsatisfying, and, like, I just basically knew, Yoda, you know, Luke was going to be Yoda from Return of the... Uh, well, I guess it was Return of the Jedi where Yoda dies, but, like, whatever. Yeah. But I just felt like that was definitely what was going to happen. It wasn't really what I wanted to see. Um, a lot of other parts... Of this, parts of the movie I felt like didn't make that much sense, like kind of the other subplots. Um, I like all the new characters taken yeah. individually. Um, you know, I think The Last Jedi brings up interesting points of like when you're having a rebellion, like the idea of chain of command is a little yeah. odd, you know? It's like, well, if this is a rebellion, like, you know, it's, it's going to be harder to get people to take orders, you know? Right. And I, that's one reason that a lot of rebellions probably fail. But, like, um, you know, and then, like, what are they fighting for? They're, I guess they're the Republic, but then the Republic fell, and then now they're the rebels again. Um, there's, I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, but that the actual story just wasn't, um, it wasn't like a story that I wanted to see. And yeah. it wasn't because, you know, the, the the main star was was a woman. Like, I think that's great. I really like Ray's character. Um, I just kind of wish that, like, they just started 
clean like 200 years later because like yeah, then it would make sense that like all this stuff was forgotten like the idea that oh that was a, that was all true it's like yeah no shit han it was like a few years ago yeah. you know <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, and there it's, it's the same. It, in a lot of ways, what you're saying about Luke is like what I was saying about Han from Solo. Yeah. And I think here it goes to that, you know, if I remember correctly, Luke is much higher in your personal pantheon of the characters Absolutely. than he is in mine. Yeah. Um, and and higher than Han, and that's why, you know, Han right. getting whacked in, in The Force Awakens, to me, was kind of like, oh, well, that sucks, you know? Yeah. Like, I... I just didn't care as much because he's not a character that I cared as much about, you know? Right. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't love that, you know, and, and, uh, the force awakens was a, it was a, it was a unique point in time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say. But, That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot in these movies that I, I like a lot, but, uh-huh. um, but there's also a fair amount that I dislike and, you know, having seen them as, you know, an, an adult, they they don't carry the same sort of like formative. Um, they don't they don't, they don't hold the same place in my mind or my heart or my memory, basically. Yeah. No, I I think that's really true, and I, I can understand that. I, I'll say there was a lot that I was disappointed about in terms of the return to the world in general. That mm-hmm. that for me, I'm going to more talk about when we get to the Force Awakens. Okay. I think. And like I said, I, I think I, I appreciate the take you have on it. I, I liked some of the – I liked the subplots of um, Last Jedi a lot more. But then I think – I mean to me, this is by far the most grim dark of yeah. the Star Wars movies. Yeah. And I love – I think I like grim dark an awful lot more than you do. Mm. Um, and I think it's fair to say that this this movie represents a fairly distinct change in the tone of the Star Wars movies and of the story of Luke Skywalker. And I think that, yeah. for me, I think that it becomes kind of down to a question of taste because I think those are very understandable. And, like, I I think it's very believable that Luke would go on this particular journey. I think it's also believable that you could say he would go on a completely different journey and, and whether you want one of those stories or another, I think you're, you know, that, that that's to some extent, I don't think there's a right or wrong about it. It's just different yeah. perspectives. Um but to me, that's why this is interesting is because I – this is one of the first times I've really heard someone articulate why they didn't like Last Jedi as much. Um, again, for reasons that weren't just the, the dumb dude bro things right. that we think we often hear about. Yeah. Um, and I'll admit, when, when you and I first did this, I was worried that it was going to be absolutely the last on your list. So I do appreciate oh. knowing that it's still for you a lot better than the prequels. I mean, it's just so much better as a movie. Like, I, it's yeah. not the movie I wanted to see, you know. Um, all those terrible reasons that – some people don't like it or didn't want to see it or boycott it or blah, 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 like make me like it more, you know, yeah. <laughs> or make me want to like it more. Um, I just yeah. don't like it that much because, you know, it, it just it just wasn't the movie I wanted to see at the point in time that I saw it. Like, I don't even know if I want to see more Star Wars movies, you know, mm. um, but, you know, it's it's a well-made movie. There's I think it has some plot issues and stuff, um, right. but it's just. You know, this is this is a list of preference. So, like, if I loved Attack of the Clones as like a cheesy, like, you know, the quest or whatever kind of you know campy thing, like I could have put it first and be like, yeah, this is a terrible movie, but like I just think it's hilarious. Like I don't, yeah. so I put it last. But like, <laughs> but you know, it's it's hard to put a movie that's just clearly better 
than yeah. a bunch of other movies like below them. I just, you know, I, when I was first thinking of doing the list, I was thinking that that would be my last one. I'm like, it's just not like I yeah. definitely liked parts of it. You know, the the way things went didn't bother me in the thought in the way that I thought it would, because partially also because like watching all these different like superhero fiction things where there's like a 100 different stories for each character, like mm-hmm. it, it's allowed me to kind of let go of the way a story goes because it's like, well, you know, that doesn't like headcanon's a powerful thing, you know? Yeah. Like, for me, Dexter didn't end the way Dexter ended, <laughs> you know? And, and I'll admit, I am quite possibly very significantly headcanoning this movie. Because yeah. to me, like, the two moments of, you know, like, the book still being in the bag, right. uh, that I just, I hated that one moment because I really do want to end it with the Jedi are done. Right, yeah. Um, and... It's funny because for the exact opposite reason, I'm also kind of trepidatious about the new movie. I want to see it. I, mean, I have tickets right. for it on opening night. But I'm hoping that the rise of Skywalker is to some extent the idea that like the Skywalkers as a new like idea on the Force is going to replace the Jedi. Mm, interesting. And replacing a cult of authority with a cult of personality doesn't seem like a good step. Right, right. Um, but at least if it's supposed to be about, um, you know, a new direction and getting away from the, and honoring the idea that the Jedi are done, I'm all for it. Right. If it's, nope, we're still very hard into, um, you know, the Jedi, I'm concerned. If we learn that Rey is actually a, a Jedi, is a Skywalker herself. Right. I might walk out of the movie. <laughs> like, I, one of the things I loved about The Last Jedi yeah. was the confirmation that Rey isn't anybody. Well, the, the, uh, the assertion made right. by Kylo Ren. I, I think, right. I think, you know, we, we have to understand that a character's word is a character's word. I mean, you know, Obi-Wan said that Vader killed, you know, Anakin. Right. And, you know, so, so but, I'm, but I'm not taking that what... as like, that's definitely what happened, but... I guess my take on it was that also that sort of some of her personal explorations with the Force yeah. were kind of leading her to the same place. Right. Um, and maybe you're right. That's not exactly the same. But um, but yeah, it, that's certainly my hope. Um, okay, so that was your that was your number seven. So what's your number six? My number six is two movies. Uh, okay. A New Hope and The Force Awakens because they're the same movie. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, where, you know, I think they're both kind of cheesy, but well-executed cheese. Um, uh-huh. You know, the I, I already mentioned about how, like, going back and kind of telling the story with some of the same characters didn't really work that well for me. But, you know, it, at the time it came out, it was like, oh, wow, a Star Wars movie that isn't, you know, bad the way the prequel trilogy is bad. Um, right. You know, there there are some really big payoff mo- uh, moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like Ray getting the lightsaber to come to her. You know, um, yeah. and I so there's parts about that movie that I loved. Um, it, the original Star Wars, A, A New Hope, like I, it. Maybe I'd put The Force Awakens ahead of it. Like, it, it it doesn't hold the significance to me that it does for a lot of other people. Um, Interesting. It felt like a just a much shallower movie than Empire or Jedi. Um, you know, it introduced all, you know, things, and it, it got, you know, things rolling. But um, to me, it was almost like a proof of concept of, like, space opera. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and then Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Be- Jedi really did the like the narrative work. Um, so like I I guess I'd I'd actually put The Force Awakens as like six A and A New Hope as six B. Um, That's interesting. I, I I just I I like like Luke in A New Hope is like kind of boring, you know. Um, Han, no, the, th- there's things about it that I, I mean. It, it's a movie that I loved as a kid, you know, but like yeah. not at all on the same level as as the other two movies in the trilogy. It was like a clear last place when there were only three movies. Yeah, um, that 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 that's a, I, I I'm going to say I have I have a new hope higher. Yeah, and I'm going to hold off my thoughts on it. But yeah. Let me just talk about Force Awakens because okay. I agree with you. There's I think there's a lot of fantastic moments in Force Awakens. It introduces us to. Three really good new characters mm-hmm. in uh, Poe, Finn, and uh, Ray, all of whom I really like. Um, I like that it is a little bit more of a like it's it's starting the grim dark take on things, right. you know. Yeah. The um, showing us the idea of like who are these stormtroopers and what is it what does it mean to have a be a stormtrooper with an attack of conscience and right. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I really liked. Um, I I think you're right. In a lot of ways, they're the exact same movie and. For me, that makes Force Awakens a lot worse because mm. it just feels like it's it's copying instead yeah, of yeah. doing anything original. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the other thing, I think the biggest problem I have with Force Awakens is, and this is something that we kind of referenced in, La- in Last Jedi, but I put the blame on Force Awakens. To me, one of the th- I am really interested in this like three part story of you have an authority that fails because it becomes corrupted. Mm-hmm. And then you have a story about the rebellion and an attempt to reassert a democratic authority. Right. And so what I really wanted out of these three movies was to see the Republic trying to be rebuilt and our heroes being part of the power structure in the authority as all that corruption is happening and as the First Order are the the kind of, you know, the rebels, but the rebels for something that, that is horrible. But like that, that power balance, and so we're getting to see a fundamentally different yeah. power balance. That would be really interesting. I want to see that movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and so I think for me, the reason the Force Awakens is is where it is, and six is pretty high, but still is lower than the others. I think it's mostly because of that moment, because yeah. it 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 made it. No, we're going to once again have our heroes be the plucky rebels struggling against everything, and I just that just felt so derivative when I wanted this to be a new kind of a story. Yeah. It, it was, it's, it's this like meta reboot where th- it's just so weird to have the original trilogy have this arc that takes you somewhere so much different at the end of it than you're at, at the beginning of it. Yeah. And then to have the seventh movie, the one that comes right after return of the Jedi to be like, Oh yeah. But you know, by the way, like we're just going to go back to the beginning. It's like, it makes it almost feel like that, trilogy like didn't even happen or didn't even right. happen you know what i mean um and so it kind of cheapens it and and i really really dislike that aspect of it um and that's part of sort of what i covered on, under when we we're talking about the last jedi in terms of like that's not this no this is a different thing but it's like it's all it's like it's not the story that i want to see in terms yeah. of what comes after return of the jedi like 35 years later and like they tell us that the Republic's, like, being rebuilt, and then it just gets, like, boom. In a snap, it's yeah. gone. And it's, like, so they just didn't... It's, it's almost like they, like, 
they got to save on, you know, production budget because they never had to show any of the Republic. You know, like they never had to show any of Alderaan in the original yeah. trilogy. You know? <laughs> I, I will say... Oh, sorry, go on. No, it's it just... It, it, I really don't like that aspect of it. And um, and then by the end of Last Jedi, it, it makes the world feel small. Yeah. You know? No, I, I think that's very true in a way that, like we said, like Clone Wars, and, and even to some extent Solo, makes it feel much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, which is part of also why I'm going to be so angry if Rey is a Skywalker. Oh, right. Um, because it, it again, it's part of that much small. Because it, it, yeah, it's like, it's aren't just there like, other people in this world? <laughs> like, yeah, or even if she's like a Kenobi, or you know, she's yeah, yeah, a descendant yeah. of some of yeah. them. Um, if I could make her a descendant of Yoda, I'd be curious. But other than that, <laughs> I mean, I think she's probably a Palpatine. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that that'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, the other thing with Force Awakens that I will say is that I did, and I continue to absolutely love the character of Kylo Ren, um, mm. because. You know, and I, there, there was a great analysis piece that was done about this, about how like Kylo Ren is actually the perfect villain for our times right. because he's not the all-powerful guy. Yeah, he's the he's kind of the dude bro in his mom's basement who yeah. wants to be the all-powerful That's guy. That's exactly yeah. He's he's not um, a Nazi. He's a neo-Nazi. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's he's the the kid who can you know trace his ancestry back to some Confederate general and thinks right. like oh those were the good old days. You know and. Yeah. and just the little bits of like the way he holds the, um, you know, the Vader mask, yeah. and, and the way he he's kind of wearing this ridiculous like yeah, the, the way he, he throws tantrums. Like I mean, I guess yeah. Vader did that too, except he just seemed badass when he did it because he had his own but, star destroyer and, <laughs> and, and he throws tantrums. But even there, like I mean, a the crew are terrified yeah. of um his tan of Vader's tantrums. Yeah. yeah. Kylo, it, it, it kind of, to me, it, it, it's kind of like what I've seen where, like, you know, how the company treats the boss's son. Right, right, right. It's like, where oh, it's this like, guy. <laughs> we kind of have to respect his tantrums because if he goes and tells daddy we could be in trouble. Right. But he, we don't t- we don't respect him the way we respected Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I love that, like, you know, Vader had this incredibly imposing outfit mm-hmm. because he was half machine. It kept him alive. Right. Kylo Ren has an outfit that is reminiscent of that because he wants to be intimidating. Right. It's just like, fashion. It's like <laughs> there's yeah. no point to it. Yeah. So yeah, I I will say I thought that was one great part of of um of that. Um, uh, to me then uh, I'll go to number five. Number five for me is Return of the Jedi. Um, and and, and here I'm going to say my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think there's a break, but I I think starting with number six, there. There's a big gulf to me between number five and number six. Yeah. Um, the next five that I'm going to name, which I think I, I, I get the feeling that you and I still have the, we have mostly the same top five for you, mean or maybe the same top six because New Hope is higher for me. Um, but if you if I just wanted to say one through five are all a tie, um, uh-huh. I could almost say that. Okay. Um, for me, that's kind of like one through four. Yeah. Because um, my number ju- five, I'll just say, is so. Yeah, that's uh, Which, okay. Yeah. Like maybe I'm trolling a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's legit. But you um, know. I, I like Return of the Jedi quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I think part of what I was thinking about for these rankings is how would they feel as standalone movies, right? And I think Jedi is the one that the most feels like it is a payoff of some of the other movies. Yeah. Um, and, and again, there I'm talking about ways to critique it. I will say. A lot of reasons why some people don't like Jedi is the Ewoks. Mm. I love the Ewoks. Yeah, me too. Um, Ewoks I find great. them adorable. I'm still so angry that the remastered version took away Yub Nub. Yeah. Because 
<laughs> outtake sometime, you and I can sing that song because it's yeah. such a good song. Um, yub nub for life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yub nub, yub nubbed first. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a deep cut reference. No, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I get though. you. But yeah, and, but there is so, I mean, there's so much that's so good in Return of the Jedi. The the much larger space battles, and, and in terms of what you're saying about it um, feeling smaller, Return of the Jedi makes the rebellion feel a lot bigger too. Mm, yeah. Because um, yeah. it's all these different spaceships, it's all these right. different races coming yeah. together. It's this huge armada instead of just 20 X-Wings. Yeah. Um, the lightsaber battle is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the, the turn of... Anakin into you know Darth Vader back into Anakin yeah. and the way that whole thing is played out with the Emperor is so good, um, yeah it's it's I I think you know some maybe another reason why I don't love it as much as some of the others, the job of the hut scene, oh. um or, I mean that's that's a yeah. a quarter of the movie and I just I was so eager to get back it get back to the rest of the it felt to me kind of like. Um, we didn't even mention this, but one of the other things I hate about Attack of the Clones is that whole ridiculous fight scene at the end where they just have them fight new monsters. It kind of felt like just to show off what the monster studio could do. Totally, totally. And that's kind of how I felt in the whole job of the Hut sequence, yeah. you know, like... You know, the Rancor thing is kind of cool, but uh, – and the moment of the Rancor Keeper crying over the Rancor, which I missed the oh, first yeah. time yeah, I saw yeah, it, is, great. it's such a fun moment. It is. It um, is. And it, it is really nice like, to see – like, what did the Rancor ever do? It's just yeah. in itself, you know? <laughs> it, it is really nice to see Leia get to be the hero it's... and rescue Han. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like that that whole sequence of the movie, when I was so jazzed up to get back to the fight against the Empire mm-hmm. – it was just not what I wanted to see. And so I think that's why, even though it's still very high in a movie I've watched literally dozens of times and will continue to see dozens more times, um, it, it's a little lower than the others to me. Um, should I talk about that one now? Or uh, come yeah, back if to you it? Wanna, yeah, if you want to go into Jedi. Because um, I think we've talked about Solo. You, you said a lot about your feelings on Solo already. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's further up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe Maybe we'll circle back to it. Okay, cool. Okay. So, so your number five is Solo. Yeah. Um, what's your number four? Uh, Rogue One, which I would say could be number one. I think it's probably the actual best Star Wars movie. Yeah. In terms of just as a movie, um, I don't really even remember there being things about it that really bothered me. Um, I felt like I knew what the ending was going to be before I saw it, and that didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Um. I just felt like it was... I, I just think it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more than The Force Awakens because it, it, fe- it felt like, you know, telling a really good story in the Star Wars universe that's not about Jedi, but it's got... You know, the, the Force is still this idea. Um, you know, and you, you get a guy towards the end... Like, maybe using the Force, or maybe not. Like, we don't know, you yeah. know? Um, when he goes to do whatever he does, I don't know, it's like pushing a button or something? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but, but like, there's, like, it's got to go from point A to point B and do a thing, and, like, maybe the Force helps him, maybe it doesn't. But, like, you know, I, I, I love that ambiguity, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it feels, like, very real to me. Um mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's a really good story, and it, it fixes a new hope, you know. 
Yeah. Like, it fixes this huge plot hole. It's like, oh, you know, that's not just this ridiculous oversight. It's like it was actually built in on purpose by a subversive, um, you know, uh, empire engineer, I guess. And, and the idea that within these evil organizations, you know, there's there's people who are, you know, like sometimes you need someone on the inside doing some bad things in order right. to try to uh, overcome them. And, and it, it just, it, it felt very human to me or very, I don't like the word human in that context, but I don't have a better relatable. One. Yeah, very relatable. Very, very. Um, uh, the people felt like people, you know, including yeah. you know the droid and and you know it. It just um, I I just I think it's a, a great movie, you know, yeah. and um, it, I saw it at a time when I wasn't like super psyched to see Star Wars movies, and and I loved it anyway. You know. Yeah. Well, and this, I, I think this is the. Um, it's interesting that you and I, for the, like, our one through six are pretty similar. One or two changes are like, you know, bottom is pretty darn similar with one or two changes. Mm-hmm. I think this is the only one where you have the exact same because Rogue, okay. Rogue One is my number four. Number four. Yeah. And I think, um, I think you're right about that. It might just be the actual best movie. Yeah. Um, like I think if I had absolutely no, um, sentimental attachment to any of these movies. Yeah. Rogue One would probably be my favorite. I think so um, as well. I mean, and, for and me. For, yeah, yeah. All the things you just listed, I think, are so true. The characters are so well-developed, and it's kind of the way all the complaints we had about the prequels and that I had about Solo and that you had about The Last Jedi, it's that I want to see more stories told in the universe mm-hmm. that are about new people, you know? Right. And yeah. that this is, you know, to me it's a great thing because it, it's, it's, again, it's the, the in-the-trenches things, you know, because... I am fairly certain that, um, you know, Leia, you know, acknowledges that great heroic sacrifices were made to get us these plans. Like, yeah. she says something about that in New yeah. Hope. I don't think she knows the names of any of these characters. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I love that. I love that story of, like, yeah. these little – we and that the – They don't get Wars to be team. legends. Yeah. But they do something that changed the entire outcome of, you know, the rebellion of, of the galaxy. But, and tell me if you feel the same way. To me, that really reminds me of the Clone Wars TV show, because so much of yeah. that is again also about like the people in the trenches. For sure, absolutely. Um, I will say there is one moment that I had that I um that 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 I, I that was a little bit off to me, which mm-hmm. is um you know in New Hope, part of what we're establishing is that Vader has this suspicion that the plans are on Leia's ship, right? But that Leia has at least a believable story yeah. that she's just on a diplomatic mission right. and and that part of the tension in New Hope is who do we believe you know right, who right. does the Empire believe right right Vader watch her take the plans like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's again one of those moments where I I think one of the things that I don't like when a movie is trying to fill in the gaps of something yeah is they don't leave room for subtlety right you know right. Yeah. like to me, the much better thing would be if, like, you know, those plans got beamed to a different ship, and Vader has no idea what ship it is. Yeah. But it, you know, and and because again, I will say, like, the Tarkin, um, you know, back from the dead moments, they, they didn't bother me. Right. I, they weren't a hundred percent believable, but yeah. they didn't bother me. Yeah. 
when uh, Princess Leia turns around and says, you know, what's what's in these transmissions? Hope. Oh um, yeah. I cried big time. I mean, I thought yeah. that was such a perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Um, especially given all that Carrie Fisher has come to mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, this was it was just yeah, it, it was fascinating to see like what do the ordinary people think about the Force? You know. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I do think we get one person who's kind of a force user, and it's not the button person. It's the um, the the blind guy who basically still fights incredibly. Oh, that's um, yeah, that's who I was talking about. Oh, oh, does he also do the thing with the button? I just don't remember. I that feel like he's moment. involved. I I don't I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the movie one time. Okay, uh, I I haven't rewatched really anything in a, in a long time. Yeah, um, and, except and the Clone the bat- Wars series, I watched it several times. I think. You know, even the battle scenes I thought were were really well done yeah. you know um that especially because it um it felt to me a lot like vietnam you know mm. all these kind of like fighting through the rat rice paddies and right. like you know the kind of helicopter type things dropping yeah. people off and it was yeah it was just and and i think the other thing is that i i don't like stories about perfectly good good guys and terribly bad bad guys right and at the same way that this was um you know, like you said, showing that even within the Empire, even with the people building the Death Star, there were some people who were having attacks of conscience. I love the flip side, that even in the Rebellion, you know, you've got some people who are pure and good and upright enough heart. Mm-hmm. And you got people like Cassian who are saying, right. like, look, sometimes this guy is a hero and he's my friend, but he's going to get me caught. And if I'm caught, the Rebellion suffers. So I've got to kill him. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's pretty dark side. Yeah. Um, but also, I think he's right, you know? Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like, well, if you were willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, like, you know, it might not be the other side who shoots you. Yeah. You know, um, there's a there's a scene like that in one of my favorite TV shows that I, I think I won't mention because, <laughs> because uh-huh. it's a spoiler. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, but it's, yeah, it's a point where somebody basically, they kill one of their allies because it's what they think is the best thing for their cause. And right. they've basically just consigned themselves. They're like, look, I'm going to do whatever it takes, even if it's horrible in a vacuum, you know? Right. Um, because, you know, for them, the end justifies the means, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, uh, we both have the same number four. What's your number three? My number three is the Clone Wars animated series. Um, I, I I just, it, it delivers the story the story that I wanted from the prequels. Yeah. You know, um, just, you know, and it builds out the world to an extent that no single movie could do, no trilogy could do. I mean, I think if you look at how many hours of content, it's like 40 hours of content and there's what, 10 movies. That's like 20 hours of content. Yeah. You know? So it's like the clone Wars series is like twice as big as all the feature films combined. Um, yeah. And, and so they really have more opportunity to do stuff. And some of it's packaged in a little bit of a sort of kid-friendly whatever. Um, I will say I watched the entire series in Spanish, so okay. <laughs> it's, like, possible that... I mean, I yeah. clearly had a very different experience than I would have if I'd watched it all in English. Um, but I, I watched it multiple times, because first I watched it with uh, Spanish subtitles and then just audio, and then I'd, like, just put it on sometimes later. Right. Um, and it's there's just there's moments in that series that, to me, um, are they just 
if they were in the other movies, those other movies, the prequel movies, they would have been just so much better. Yeah, I, I, I think that that is very true, and I, I, I'm very much in agreement with you there. Um, I think part of why I have it a little bit lower is because you're right, there, there are a lot of moments that are more for kids, and there is there are some sections that are kind of eye-rolly and some yeah, episodes or sure. plot lines that are just kind of eye-rolly. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, the things that... I feel like my understanding of the Star Wars universe was fundamentally changed by that TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, on this podcast, as like I said, this is the first episode of what I hope is going to be a whole Star Wars universe podcast. I'm going to try not to spoil it too much. I spoiled it a little bit here um, because probably one of the things we're going to do is now that um, uh, Clone Wars is becoming available on uh, Disney+, Plus, uh, um, that I'll probably be um, – uh, working with someone with whom we're going to have just kind of a, a regular episode of every couple of weeks, you know, maybe every every other week, we'll watch, you know, si- uh, four to six episodes of Clone Wars and and record an episode about them to kind of just do a full rewatch of the show because I think it's worth it. And there's so many interesting plot lines to explore um, about new sides of characters we already know, about, you know, fascinating new positions on the world, about yeah. people just trying to stay out of it. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I think um, – the, the kids thing is the only reason why I have it a little bit lower, as well as the fact that it a TV show that I'm watching over a, a series of weeks is never going to grab me in quite the same way mm. an individual movie does. So it's mm-hmm. kind of an apples and orange thing to compare it. For sure. But but you're right. I think also the it, it is still very, very good for me. It's amazing to me that the series is so much better than the movie. Yeah. Like, because it, it feels like, shouldn't, shouldn't it be kind of similar? Like, shouldn't the movie have just been like, you know kind of the best of what you could have done out of the series like earlier but like no it's i mean but if you watch like the first few episodes of the series it doesn't necessarily get off to a great start i mean there's there's parts of the the beginning that i think are really cool no i mean i i when i was doing that rewatch when i was doing that watch for the first time yeah. i got about halfway through season one and i remember you know messaging you and being like yeah. really like, uh, yeah i was like wait for it <laughs> and it, it i mean you know a lot of the best shows have uh, uh, yeah. my my friend matt carroll who does the orville podcast with me and he also does the the Marvel podcast and now a Star Trek podcast. You know, he's doing a rewatch of a lot of TNG episodes, and 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 is agreeing that like Star Wars next Star Trek: The Next Generation is a great show with mm-hmm. a really rough first season. Right, that's um, that's common. It's like they're yeah, especially usually the first half of the first season. Like, there's just right. this like, well, what does this character do? Who is this person? Who's you know, it it takes a while to really have a show come together and yeah. you know the way in a movie it's like you've got to figure that shit out before you before you film it right like well and and I do think that um to some extent also the worst of that also happens in cuz I, I think especially when you make a spin-off yeah. one of the worst things that happens mm. is um you have to start by giving the people who loved the original thing enough meat that they're willing to go with you as you go further and further away from it. Right. And I think one of the biggest problems with the Clone Wars is it's it the movie introduces a couple of new characters but really tries to be pretty close. It doesn't try to introduce entire new worlds or entire new concepts the way the TV show can. Yeah. Um and also I think to me of all the different sort of parts of the world that it further fleshes out, I think the one that's done the weakest in the Clone Wars TV show is the Huts. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just never really liked what they build of the sort of the larger hut uh-huh. uh, criminal empire, and that's a major part of right. this movie. And so that's yeah. that's I think another thing to take away. But but you're right. I, I you know it, in some ways I said there's there's a drop off between five and six, but also the 
the biggest drop off for me is probably much more between seven and eight because uh, seven was my Clone Wars TV show. Right. I I I could easily see see it going at three too. So yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, my number three is the Last Jedi, which and I, I think I, I I talked pretty much at length about why I love it so much. Yeah. Um, but just just to kind of say again that I, it's it to me gives more of that wider universe feel. I also think that Last Jedi came in a moment when it was incredibly needed. Mm. Um, if I remember, it came out very soon after Trump was elected, and when like the, you know, it 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 felt very easy to feel incredibly beaten down. Yeah. And there's always been a justice element <clears throat> to all of these movies, yeah. and certainly, um, Revenge of the Sith tried to be kind of have some commentary on. Um, uh, uh, on the Bush administration, right. um, you know, with lines like "only a Sith speaks in absolutes," which is the problem because that's an absolute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad time. But yeah, I, I think I think part of also why I'd say Last Jedi is so important to me is it 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 was so exactly the movie I needed given what was happening in the world. Right. Um, but yeah, so what's uh, what's your number two? Um, my number two is Empire Strikes Back. Um, okay. You know, it's a story about a dude who's fed up with his boss and just wants to spend some quality time with his kid whose childhood he missed. <laughs> so, you know, he gets him to drop out of school, cuts off his hand, but, you know, because he loves him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Empire Strikes Back when I was, I almost put this number one. Um, yeah. I'm a little surprised you didn't, but yeah. I, I now know what so your I'll, number one I'll is. Ex- so. I'll explain that in a minute. I mean, it could be number one, whatever. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's probably the best movie of the original trilogy um and probably not even probably like pretty clearly um it you know it cuts back and forth between different couple different things going on um you know the the luke training with yoda thing really i think is the most you get to see about the force you know um and I think that's that part's I think really fun and interesting. Um, and then the you know the the showdown between Vader and Luke and just the whole dynamic of that and the you know the the uncertainty like where he tells him he's his father but then he's like no that can't be it and then that's the first time that you you realize that that Leia is a you know force sensitive at the least mm-hmm. you know. Um, and um it's it's just it also had a really significant sort of um role for me in like in high school i watched it a ton like i watched yeah. that more than any of the other movies um and like at at some point i was like really relating to darth vader which um i can't say i do quite as much anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess fortunately but <laughs> but you know i it's it's where I it's where you can come to understand Vader as someone besides just the bad guy, you know, in a scary suit. Like where you you see that like he actually wants something and he wants something very personal and he he doesn't really want to keep doing what he's doing, you know. Yeah. He wants to quit his job, like, you know, he wants to rule the the galaxy, but he, he's like He's not really devoted to the Emperor. Like, he is because he made a decision, you know, back in Revenge of the Sith, I guess, which, you know, we don't know exactly what that decision was, but, like, you know, where he he turns and he's got, you know, a master who's the Emperor, and we don't really know too much about the Emperor, but we know that that's, like, 
there's something going on there, but it's like, it, that's not really what Vader wants. What he wants is like, is to join forces with Luke and like, and it, it makes him a character in a way that I feel like he's not up until that point. And this was, I, I mentioned at the very beginning that you and I had a lot of discussions, <clears throat> excuse me, about these movies. And then in, in some ways you really turned me around on some stuff. And this is, I, I don't even know if you remember these conversations, but this is the I one do. that I most remember. Yeah, I think it was like, you know, during breaks in poker, yeah. when you were explaining to me your theory that, that Darth Vader is really the protagonist of the, of the three movies. Yeah. And at first I thought you were nuts. Right. But then when you pointed out, I went back and rewatched Empire and saw just how much you're seeing this kind of gradual evolution. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's, you're right. It's that, <clears throat> it's not that he's a hero, but it's that story that I think actually a lot of um, Marvel and other hero movies are starting to tell pretty well. Of the henchman who starts to have real doubts, right? Um, and 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 it's not that I think he he has. I think that there is there's a moral point that he gets to that I think is still very far away from where Luke takes him in Return of the Jedi because yeah. I think it he's still in a like yeah you and me controlling the universe you know power and control and let's force choke anybody who disagrees with right. us he's still pretty down with that yeah but I do think he like I, I don't think he has some altruistic let's save the the universe but he definitely has a like a, a respect and a love for his son and, and, and an admiration of him and a, a desire to sort of bring him back into the fold and you're right I think he, he really does have that like push back against the emperor um, and well I, I think this is a canon that sprung from that reading of the movie one thing I think is really interesting is um, in later books that um, my friend Jonah Kel- Kelman actually helped introduce me to that really go into the history and the ideals of the Sith. Mm-hmm. One of the things those books, and I know those aren't officially canon, but they're still, I think, an interesting take on it. Yeah. They really spell out this idea that that's the whole nature of the Sith is, yes, there's always two, a master and apprentice. But it's not that the apprentice just waits for the master to die. No. It, it's that the apprentice should always be looking for their own apprentice. And the moment when they can kill the master and have the apprentice ready to become the master. Right. And that's exactly the pattern that... um. Uh, that um, Vader is following. Yeah. Um, and to some extent, you're kind of like, why is the Emperor so stupid to set that up perfectly? Right. Um, but I think, but I think that's part of it. Is it showing like the Emperor having risen so high and become so powerful that he's beginning to believe in his own, in, in, you know, in in, in vulnerability yeah. and just the idea that Vader would turn on him? Because because I think actually what what actually the more I think of it, what the Emperor is doing is also very much within the um, the the Sith mindset because he probably is recognizing that Vader is falling a little bit or Vader's right. just getting old and, yeah, and yeah. it's not that he wants both Vader and Luke it's that he wants Vader and Luke to fight and whichever one wins right. will come out stronger yeah. and that'll be his new apprentice yeah exactly yeah and um, yeah he's basically like oh you know that you want that guy to be your apprentice and then you're going to replace me no I'm going to take that guy and he's going to replace you yeah, and let's not forget that overconfidence is the uh, the emperor's weakness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it is it is just um, in the same way that I said I think Rogue One is just you know fundamentally the best made of these movies. Yeah, I think there's very little argument that Empire is number two, and that many people would say Empire is number one. It is just yeah. the you know the humor in it, the romance, which my God, the romance in this is so much better. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, what in Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, yeah. then then. Uh, then a, uh, and then Attack of the Clones. Oh, um, then that, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there's there's some problematic 
elements that maybe we won't get into. But um, yeah. But as far as like actually being a convincing love story compared to Attack of the Clones, it's yeah. You know, the dialogue. Definitely good. agreed about that, and certainly the um. I mean, I mentioned before really liking how Leia comes off in in movies like Last Jedi. You know the the gender dynamics that are happening in these original movies are not the best by any means. Yeah, uh, fully agree with you there. Yeah. At um, the same time, given the time period, they're not the worst either. I mean, agreed. Like she is a strong character, you know. Yeah. Um. um but and also just, I mean, I think as you said before, this movie contains the the best line in the entire you know yeah. universe yeah. of you know I love you, I know. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I I just think I, I agree. I think we we're both agreed that it's number two. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. it's my number two, and your. And then two. and then it sounds like we each have as number one the other one in the tri- the original trilogy that we just happen to love the best. Yeah, um, well, that's yeah exactly. And for you, it's revenge. Uh, for you, it's um, Return <laughs> yeah, of the Jedi. Of <laughs> <laughs> for you, it's Return of the Jedi, and for me, it's New Hope. So yeah. do you want to start with? So what is it for you uh, about Return of the Jedi that makes it so good for you? Um. It's my first movie memory. You know, the first time I remember ever going to see a movie was at the Ziegfeld in New York on 54th Street, this, like, giant one-screen theater. Um, I remember going with... I think I went with both my parents, but I remember, like, being on the escalator with my dad, and I remember being in the theater and seeing Luke's lightsaber pop up out of R2, and, like, that whole beginning scene, you know, scene, I, I understand what you mean, about that whole thing, um, but there's it. It has such a a memory to me, you know. Yeah. It, it's just it has a place in my life. Um, and then then also the you know I feel like it has a very satisfying conclusion of you know Luke believing in his father, who's basically given no one any reason to believe in him. You know mm-hmm. um, that that he would. Um, like turn back, you know. But it's it's a you know it's a story about a kid who believes in his no good delinquent father, and you know gets him to finally <laughs> stand up to his boss, and he cuts his dad hands off because you know like father like son or something. But um, yeah, it's just I I've always like since high school that like that's kind of around then when I was a teenager. Like I realized like the Empire was just was the best movie out of the three. But mm-hmm. but like Jedi, just it's it's just my favorite because I do love the original story, and that's the end of the story, and it actually delivers what to me was a satisfying conclusion, which I think is really hard to do in a trilogy. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to do, and um, it completes Anakin's story, um, and I just you know the ending with like where he's burning the you know the the uniform and the mask and i guess his body but not his body right because it like disappears like yoda and Mm -hmm. kenobi um it's just you know and the music um and that that whole duel at the end you know um oh it's so good yeah it's just the whole thing where you know there's there's vader and there's luke and there's the emperor there and he's like basically he wants them to fight so like you say like he'll get whoever's the strongest you know and i think he thinks it's going to be Luke, you know, and I think he thinks Luke will probably be easier to control after that, especially after, like, he's killed his own dad, you know, Um, and then, you know, Vader, like, baiting him, you know, about his sister, and then Luke giving in to the rage, but then, like, being at that turning point and being just like, no, you know, Um, and 
that you know that people can make like he makes that decision and then Vader or Anakin makes that decision to be like you know no I'm not just going to let this guy kill my kid like yeah. he's going down that hole there like you know which I don't I don't know I feel like the emperor should probably be able to survive that but whatever but, <laughs> yeah know. that's that's you know and, and here again we Maybe don't he did we'll see <laughs> the construction of the new Find death star was once it, with once again having a you know press here to blow up switch is again not the best right, but right, exactly. um, but no i i think i i mean everything you just said is true and i think i i'll explain my own reasons why it's mm-hmm. not my number one yeah. but in so many ways you know <clears throat> new hope empire return of the jedi are one solid trilogy and in some ways one solid story with three parts yeah. in a way that the prequels are not and just with a wild divergence in tone between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, those mm-hmm. three movies are not going to be. And yeah. so it's it's very hard to separate them. And yeah, everything you just said is is so true. Um, I also just love the whole um, – for a movie that has been so based in technology and so based in space and man – or, you know, people – you know, sentient being built worlds – Going back to a primitive society and having it be kind of a nature-based society, like, yeah, it's kind of silly in some ways, but just to me, I mean, like, those scenes of the logs destroying the, you know, ATST walkers and stuff like that, like, they're just so powerful. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I can't argue with any of that. Um, For me, though, uh, as you've probably figured out by now, my my number one is A New Hope. Yeah. And I think it's for a couple of reasons. Part of it is... um, Return of the Jedi is the the first movie I remember seeing in the theaters, but New Hope is the first movie I remember seeing. Yeah. Um. So I think that that sentimental power. I think though also it's because New Hope is understandably, I think the most self contained story mm. of every movie they've ever made, because That's it's true. the only it's the only one where they didn't know if they would ever get to do it again. Right. Um. And I really like that. And I yeah. I kept going back and forth on what's the rubric I'm going to use because it is – is it the one that is – and in some ways I, I thought about three different rubrics and a different movie would have won for each one. Mm-hmm. Because if the rubric is – just of the original trilogy but also for all these. If the rubric is which do I think is the best movie flat out of the original trilogy, I agree with you. It's Empire. If it's the one that gave me the most to think about because yeah. – and I'm going to talk a lot more about this as the podcast goes on – Star Wars has become a fundamental part of my philosophy, and um, as people learn, I am a, a Christian, um, a very, very liberal one, but it's a part of my background, and I used to be a, a minister. And my, my final paper in, in seminary was about um, you know the, the, comparing the theologies of Jesus and Yoda. Um, and, and in many ways, I think Return of the Jedi is the one that raises the most questions about the nature of the Force and the nature of good and evil, mm-hmm. and what does it mean to... And I, I remember... Especially because it, it does the thing that I love a good movie to do. It doesn't give clear answers. No. You, know, you and I have had long debates about how much does Luke fall or not fall towards the dark side in that final lightsaber battle. Like, And so if, if my rubric is what's the movie that makes me think the most and gives me the most to chew on, it's, it's Jedi, Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. But if it's just the like, you know, it's my last night on Earth and I get to watch one movie, <laughs> it's going to be New Hope. Because um, I think it's just the... I, I, and here's a weird thing. I the the space battle to destroy the Death Star is yeah. probably my favorite space battle of all time, and it's cheesy 
and it's clearly models, and you see the. But it's, it, I, I find that it's endearing. really good. Like it's, for the time, it's and really it, good. Today, it's really good, and I I just the, the extent to which once things become so CGI'd, yeah, it's harder for me to believe them in the same way. It's, it's weird because it's like. It's like, yeah, it's clearly models, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I haven't watched it recently, but I, I watched it recently enough, I think, to be like, well, that doesn't look as good as I remember it looking. But, like, you can tell what's going on. Yeah. That's my, my biggest pet peeve about modern, like, just battles or fight scenes or whatever, is there's this deliberate obfuscation of the action. Where right. it's like, we we want you to have that, like, disoriented feeling, because, like, if you're really there, like, you wouldn't see everything that was going on, and, like, honestly, that's one of my favorite things about Avengers. Like, the original first Avengers movie is it's, like, it's bright, and you can see everything that's going on. The climactic fight is in daylight, you yeah. know? And it feels like in in A New Hope, like, at the end, you could you could just, you know what's going on. You know, and there's maybe some moments like, oh, where are they coming from? Where are they coming? You know, but it's like, it, it's there. It's there for yeah. you. You can understand the action. And I, I feel like that matters, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm 100% with you there. I um, I really like the way you put that because you're right. I, There is something to be said for like giving you the experience of what the character is going through of the chaos of war. But I also just like the big set battles, you know? Yeah. Um, I recently started playing this miniatures game called X-Wing, and it is literally just moving models of X-Wings and TIE Fighters and A-Wings and B-Wings around a big map and rolling dice to see if you hit or miss. And it is the greatest thing in the world to me, (laughs) because it's exactly what my inner 10-year-old has always wanted to do. And I like that in, you know, even like in Return of the Jedi, that great final space battle against the, um, the Death Star, it's fun and it's crazy but I don't have a clear sense in my head of like where are the Death Stars and where's the Rebel fleet and where's the fighters and like right, right. I don't have that clear picture. Yeah, I, I absolutely do for New Hope. Yeah. You know, it is so clear to me what's happening, where it all is. Um, and yeah, it's just you know, and, and Joseph Campbell does this great thing about the hero's journey and how much Star Wars um, plays into that. And now there's a lot of critique of the hero's journey model, and and I, I agree with that, and I think it's not the only way to tell the story. But it is still a damn good story, a way to tell a story, and so that yeah, for all those those are reasons that a new hope is number one for me. Yeah, yeah, I I, I thought it I thought it would either be that or um or the Last Jedi. And, yeah, yeah for you. In some ways, I, I I've really thought about putting Last Jedi uh, even further ahead, but I think even I can recognize that there are some plot holes in Last Jedi, that there are some weak moments, and that and maybe this is pure nostalgia. You know, I think. Um, Last Jedi was the movie that I, as a adult, really wanted at that part in time. Yeah. And it spoke to me and is something that I want to think – like, I think if you told me – I am planning to do a rewatch of – of we're going to – me and someone else will, will watch each of these individual movies and then have a podcast entirely on them. Mm. And I hope you'll get to do some of those. Um the rewatch that I do of Last Jedi is the one I'm most excited about, and I think that will make the best episode. So I think we're going to have the best conversations about that. Right. But it just does, and I'm excited to rewatch it for that reason. Mm-hmm. But like when it first came out on Netflix, I was super excited. I watched it once. I was happy. Yeah. 
when Star Wars first came out on Netflix, for, <laughs> or, or, or there was some time it became available in one of those. Yeah. I must have watched it eight times yeah. in a weekend. You know, I just. Yeah. And that's why I think I'm not saying it's the best, but it's it's far and away my favorite. favorite I'm guessing yeah. for you, Jedi is the same. Is Jedi the one that you would just happily watch over and over again? Yeah, I'm, and I mean, I don't I don't know if there's anything that I would watch a ton of times like right now, but yeah, it it and Empire were the two that I watched over and over the most, and I would probably watch Jedi the most times like now. If if it was like you have to pick a movie to watch five times, like I'd right. probably pick Jedi. Like, yeah. partially because it's, like, there's a payoff. You know, at the end of it, it feels like you're at the end of something. You know, right. in Empire, it's, like, watching it too many times in a row, it's like, well, I feel like I have to watch Jedi now, you know? Whereas A New yeah. Hope is, like, at the end of it, it, it also feels like you've reached a conclusion, right? I, I think that's a good point. And maybe that's why it's interesting that for the two of us, we switched whether it's New Hope or Jedi, but we both have Empire's number two. Because yeah. you're right, it's, it's, it is the, the best setup for a conclusion that mm-hmm. I think I've ever seen on film. But it's it's not. There's no catharsis. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, cool. Well, I think this was a a, a good thing. Uh, I'm really glad we got to do this. Um, Me too. Uh, what was that like Paul, 20 minutes? 30 minutes? Yeah. 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 We, we said it would be 20 minutes, half an hour. That's, cool. that's about what we kept to. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God! What a way to start this new podcast. Uh, but uh, Paul, for people who are like, wow, this this Paul Hoppy guy is really cool. I want to like learn more about him and follow more of his writings or creations. Where where can people find stuff you're doing? Uh, depends how soon this comes out. <laughs> um, yeah, go to zenmadman.com and I'll, I'll try and have something there. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Well, Paul, thanks again for being part of this great conversation. And to all of our listeners, thank you. Um, I started this podcast as well, like I've, I've started my other podcasts because I love these conversations and I love getting to talk about it with someone like Paul or like Jacob, my, my co-host now on Superhero Ethics or Matt Carroll, uh, on Orville Universe podcast. But really, also, I love hearing from you all. So please, let us know what you think. Um, you can tweet at us or find us on Facebook. Both of those are Star Wars Universe Podcast. You can also have, find us at email, starwarsuniversepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, write into any of those places or um, tweet at us or whatever you want to do. Let us know what you think. Let us know if your list is pretty similar to ours, if you have total discrepancies, if you think we are completely wrong about something or you really want to agree or just we made a point that you want to agree with or disagree with. Let us know. We'd love to hear it. And and if you're okay with it, we'd love to uh, talk about it on one of our next episodes. Um, so thank you guys again. I also just want to give a quick plug again for um, the other two podcasts I do, the Superhero Ethics and the Orville Universe podcast, as well as some other great podcasts that um, um, the people who I uh, am connected with do um, – the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Universe podcasts are two great podcasts for people who really love the kind of thing we're doing on this podcast in terms of like looking at a whole range of media and diving into it and looking at it from all sorts of angles. Um, also great for that kind of thing is the Orville Universe podcast that I'm on, as well as if you're a fan of the, the new TV show, The Watchmen, um, Who Watched The Watchmen? Who Watched, with a D, The Watchmen, is a great podcast that's just been coming out about that show as well. So check any of those out. Please subscribe to this one. Um, we're just getting this off the ground, so we'd love to get some reviews. If you can give us a five-star review on iTunes, and it was always kind of weird to just kind of ask for that straight up, but frankly, the way that the uh, little gremlins inside the iTunes mechanics works... The more five-star reviews we get, especially in these first couple weeks of launching, the more it is that other people are going to get to hear this and we're going to get to build a real great community and, and keep on recording these. So uh, please do that. Please share this with your friends. Let us know what you think and uh, keep on listening. Have a great day.